actually we're just going to read one portion of scripture Matthew 13 verse 44 again the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field the which when a man hath found he hideth and for joy thereof goeth and sell all that he hath buyeth that field. And by the help of the Holy Ghost this morning, I want to minister on this thought, the treasure in the field, the treasure in the field. Let's put down our Bibles, let's lift up our hands and our voices, and let's call upon the name of the Lord. Dear Father, we love you, Jesus. We thank you, dear God, for another opportunity to stand in your house. Dear God, and to call upon your holy name, I pray, dear Lord, that you would open up our eyes, open up our understanding to your word. I pray, dear Lord, that we will have a made-up mind, dear Lord, that whatever it takes, dear Lord, oh, we want you, Jesus, more than anything else. We want what you're offering, dear God. We want your word. We want your spirit, dear Lord. We want you to be Lord of our lives, oh God. We give you all of the glory. We give you all of the honor this day. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say amen. You can be seated this morning in the house of the Lord. The treasure hid in the field. You'll find out that the discussion that is, as you read this chapter, or even the portions of scriptures that are before the verse that we just read, you'll find out that Jesus is having an important discussion. And he is trying to help the crowd, that the people that he is talking to, he's trying to help them to understand something. And that is what the kingdom of heaven is likened to. You'll find out that Before this portion of scripture, he begins to tell us how that the kingdom, it is likened to leaven. And how that when he talks about the individual that would take the leaven and go hide it, amen, in the ground. And that Bible says that it was a three measure of meal, the scripture tells us, that after a while, that it begins to multiply, it begins to grow. And he is given all these different types of analogies, illustrations of what the kingdom of heaven is like. We get to this part where we read, read in verse 44 where he likens it to treasure hid in a field. You'll find out if you, if you looked into it that this was the crowd that he was talking to that they were very familiar with this because in those ancient times they didn't have bank accounts like we do where you could go and deposit money. But that it, this was a very common thing for them in this time to dig a hole and to bury coins or to bury money into the ground. So he is using an illustration that they are familiar with and that they very well can understand. 
And he begins to tell them how that the kingdom of God is likened to one that finds the treasure hid in the field. It is important that we understand something this morning, that the kingdom of God, amen, that it's not something, or the kingdom of heaven, that it's not something that everybody is finding. That you will find out that many people, amen, are not finding the treasure, amen, that is found in the kingdom of our almighty God. But there are some things, amen, that have been hid from individuals, amen, that their eyes have been blinded, amen, and you will find out that there is one that does his best to blind people, amen, to the truth, amen, and to how precious, amen, this thing really is. He does his best to cause people to believe that serving God and living for God is a waste of time. He does his best to cause people to believe that you will have a better time, amen, living out in the world, doing whatever it is that you want to do, and however you want to do it, with no one to answer to or no one to be accountable to. He promotes, amen, what is known as, people call it living life, amen, but the Bible calls it riotous living, amen. The Bible calls it or refers to it as a reckless lifestyle. And the devil or the adversary, all of these different names, the Bible refers to him as the serpent refers to him as the dragon. He does his best to blind the eyes of individuals, lest they would understand, amen, the truth of God's word, and understand that this is not some run-down thing, amen, or this is not some ordinary thing, amen, but that I have come encounter with something that is not natural, but it is supernatural, amen. That I, believe it or not, am brushing shoulders with eternity. Can I remind us that we're brushing shoulders with eternity, amen? Everything that we do, amen, this morning, amen, it will determine, amen, uh, where I end up for eternity. It has eternal value to it this morning. Every time I lift up my hands, amen, I'm going to tell you something, that's not something that is of little value, amen. It means a lot. Every time that I lift up and open my mouth and have the determination that I will serve and that I will bless the name of the Lord, I'm going to tell you it's got some eternal value to it, amen, and that the Lord sees it and that the Lord is taking note of it. The devil, amen, he does his very best to keep it hid as the writer tells us, Paul tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians. He tells us that if this gospel, amen, that he begin to say, if our gospel, amen, see this thing got to become personal to us, amen. This thing got to become my gospel, amen. It's got to become my God. He has to be my God. Amen. He can't be my parents' God. Amen. 
can't be my brother or my sister's God. Amen. But Jesus has to be my God and who I will serve and whom I will depend on and who I will lean on. Anybody got a made up mind that he's going to be my God. Amen. And that I'm going to take responsibility for this thing. And I'm not just going to recall it, the gospel, amen. But it's our gospel, amen. Because I believe in the gospel, amen. I believe in the word of God and what it says. And I believe in what it has done in my life. And so this thing is personal to me, amen. And I stand here this morning proclaiming if nobody wants it, I want it, amen. If nobody else appreciates it, I appreciate it, amen. If nobody else is thankful for it, I'm thankful for it. But I believe there are some thankful people in the house uh, this morning that came uh, to lift up their hands uh, and lift up their voice as they recognize uh, I would be a loss, uh, I would be a mess if it wasn't for the gospel message uh, that came into my life. So he says, if this gospel, if our gospel, if it be hid, it is to those that are lost. And those that the God of this world has hid from. And that he has blinded their eyes. Lest the glorious, amen, light of the gospel would shine unto them. And so the truth be told this morning is that there are people that have been blinded by an enemy. There are people that have the blinders on, that they can't see this great treasure, amen? That they can't see what is to behold, amen, in the kingdom of heaven, amen? And what a privilege it is to be a part of God's bride and to be a part of God's body, amen? And all of the wonderful blessings, amen, that awaits an individual that would have a made-up mind that I want God more than anything. I want his word. I want his spirit. Listen, I want God to be the head of my life, amen. I've had enough of me being in control of Every time I'm in control and every time I'm leading something, it always finds a way of falling apart. But I'm going to tell you this morning, when you put your life in the hands of the Almighty God, amen, I come to find out that God is able to hold things together even when it appears that it's going to fall apart and that it's going to be destroyed. I come to find out that God is able to carry us through the the storm. God is able to, to secure us. God is able to help us to remain rooted and grounded in this truth. I got a made up mind. I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want him to be the one that is leading. I want him to be the one that is directing. So on a Sunday morning, I come to lift up my hands and I come to lift up my voice and say, Lord, I'm done of myself, done with myself. I'm done doing it the way that I've been doing it. I'm sick and tired of of making the same old mistakes, but not another day. I've come this morning to get my 
hands in the air and say, Lord, I need you to take control. Lord, I need you to lead me. Lord, I need you to guide me. Lord, I need you to order my footsteps. And Jesus is talking. And he is trying to explain to them what it is like. There's something that I have to be careful of. I have to be careful that I don't develop a hard heart towards the word of God. I have to be careful that I am open to what the Lord is saying and what the Lord is trying to communicate to me. Because stubbornness and a determination to do it my way. You'll find out that I can think that I know what's best, amen, and I can miss the boat. You'll find out that Jesus, I'm sure we've read it a time or two, where Jesus is standing, amen, and he is weeping over Jerusalem. You'll find out that he is weeping because he knows that their destruction, amen, it is coming and that it didn't have to be that way. But because of them rejecting him, because of them refusing to have ears to hear what he was saying, you'll find out that he is standing over the city and that he is weeping. And he is saying how I would have gathered you the way that a hen would her chicks. And he said something that always grabs a hold of me and it gets my attention. He said that if you had known the things that were pertaining to your peace, if you would have known what great peace I would have given you. In one place he said it would be peace like a river. Amen. It would be a never ending peace. Can I tell you in a day and time that we're living in, I need the peace of God. Amen. That surpasses all understanding. I need it to explode in my life. I need that perfect peace that he said that he would keep us in if we would keep our minds stayed on him. Anybody want the peace of God? Anybody want the prince of peace this morning? Anybody got a made up mind that I'm tired of dysfunction? I'm tired of sorrow. I'm tired of misery. I'm tired of my heart being chaotic and just full of torment and turmoil. Well, I want you to know that in the house of the Lord or in the kingdom of God there is a peace, amen, that God will call to explode in your life. He said, if you would have known the peace, the things that were pertaining to your peace, what it took to obtain this peace. He said, but now it is hid from you. You know that our own stubbornness and our own rebellion, and our own know-it-all mentality that we have at times can cause things to be hid from us, can cause us to miss and walk right past or trod right over the very thing, amen, that will cause us to have joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
that will cause us to have the deliverance that we so much desire. That will cause us to help us to understand that my peace will not come from anybody. Amen. My peace will not come from an amount of money that I have in the bank account. That it will not come, amen, from who I know and what I'm doing, amen. It won't come from the clothing that I put on, amen, and what kind of, ne- what if it's name brand or not, amen. That's not where my peace will come from. But if I would understand, amen, that in Jesus Christ, amen, and what he has established in the earth and in his world, in this world, and in his word, amen, will cause my life to be transformed for the good that I would run to Jesus, amen, if I recognize, amen, that it's in that man that I could be set free. It is in that man where I don't have to depend on any other substance. I wouldn't have to depend on anybody else as I recognize that Jesus is all I need. Anybody here to testify that you've come to find out that since you've been in the kingdom of God, that Jesus is all I need. I may not have nobody, amen, next to me, amen, but as long as I got Jesus, everything is going to be all right. People may walk out on me. Friends may betray me. Family may turn their back on me. But as long as I got Jesus, everything is going to be all right. You'll find out that it's hid from a lot of people. Just what is here? It's hid. But oh, my friend, when you find out what God is doing, when you come encounter with the Almighty God, When, I'm not going to even say be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say when you have had just a little touch. There is something that says I got to get back to that place. I don't know what it was that I felt. I don't know what that was. I don't know what it was about that word. Amen. But there was something that I heard that gripped me. And it kept pulling me and it kept drawing me. Can I tell you something? The draw that you feel, amen, that when you want to stay home, amen, something is pulling you towards the house of the Lord, amen. When you've had a long day at work, amen, and all you want to do is lay your head down and go to sleep, but there is something that says uh, there is church tonight, amen, and I know uh, there is something that is just pulling on you. Can I tell you what that is? That is the everlasting love of the almighty God that is drawing you to himself. Can I tell you this morning? I went to a church, I went to an apostolic service back in 1990. Amen. I was about 12 or 13. Amen. And can I tell you, I've been coming ever since. Amen. There was something that I felt there. There was something that I heard there. You know what I heard? I heard the voice of my savior.
Savior saying, come home. I heard the voice of the master saying, you belong to me. I felt a touch, amen, that I can't explain. They call it the Holy Ghost, and I've never been the same. There is something about when you find out what is there. I believe the devil does his best to keep it hid from people. The devil knows if you really, really believe in God's word, and if you will really come in and surrender yourself to the will of God for your life, he knows that there would be a change, and that would be one more soul that he has lost, that has escaped hell. And he does his best to fight against it. He does his best to keep people distracted when they come into the house of the Lord. That they can't receive God's word. You'll find out, did you know that unclean spirits come to church too? Do you know that the devil, he, the audacity of the devil, that he will show up at church? Do you know that? Do you know, do you know that he, he is so disrespectful? Just so disrespectful. You'll find out that the Bible says that in the book of Job, that the sons of men, they came and they presented themselves before the Lord. And the Bible says that right in the midst of them, there was the enemy. And the Lord asked them, where have you come from? He said, I've come from walking to and fro throughout the earth, the Bible says. And Peter lets us know that his walking to and fro, amen, is not just him casually walking up and down throughout the earth. He's got a purpose. He's got a plan. Peter says that he is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil is only out, amen, for one thing, and that is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And if he can destroy people's soul in hell, I promise you he's trying to drag as many people to hell as he possibly can. It's all right for me to say that, amen. It's all right to be real this morning, amen. Can I tell you what else the Bible says about hell? The Bible says that hell is in a building program, amen. The Bible says that hell hath enlarged herself. That means that hell is being prepared, amen. It is getting ready, amen, as it is planning to have a lot of people there. But I come to let the devil know this morning, amen. You can, you can plan all you want to, amen, but this one ain't going, amen. I got a made up mind. I've come to find out that Jesus is the real deal. And I come to find out that you ain't nothing but a liar. You ain't nothing but a deceiver. So everything you're telling me is nothing more than a lie. I will not be deceived by the enemy. Amen. I got a made up mind. I'm going to be convinced of what Jesus is saying. 
And Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And I believe it this morning. I stand here testifying that every word he says is true. wants his best. He tries his best to distract and to manipulate and to deceive and to keep this thing here to win a person that has a determination that, you know what? I'm going to stop listening to what everybody else is saying. And I'm going to find out for myself. I'm going to do a little searching. I'm going to do a little digging. I know my mother says that those people down there ain't nothing but a cult. But you know what? I ain't hearing what she got to say. I'm going to go check it out for myself. I'm going to go search it out for myself. I know they say down there at that church, all they want is your money. You know what? That's your opinion. But you know what? I'm going to go find out for myself. And when you come and you find out that it is not what people have said, it is not when you come and you find out that God is real and that there is such a thing as the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that when you begin to lift up your hands, and you begin to lift up your voice, that God begins to move on you, and you can feel the presence of the Lord, you find out that there's this thing ain't a fairy tale, but there is some truth to this thing, and that it is real, amen? And when you find it, amen, you have a made-up mind that I don't want to let go of it, amen? And whatever I got to do, amen, to obtain this, amen, and to hold on to this, amen, I'm going to do it, and vice versa. Whatever I got to let go of, amen, and whatever I got to walk away from, amen, if it's going to mean, if it means that I will retain this feeling that I feel, if it means that I will retain this peace that I have, if it means that I retain this joy that is down in my heart, I got to say goodbye, I got to flush some things down the toilet, I got to throw some things in the fire, as I got to make of mine. Whatever it takes for me to hold on to this, I'm going to do it. Can I tell you, it comes to a point where you realize that this thing is so good that you have a made up mind that I'm walking away from everything, amen, that is trying to pull me in the opposite direction and that I got a made up mind that I'm going to give him my all. I'm going to give him all of my heart. I'm going to give him all of my mind, all of my soul, All of my attention. He said when you find, when he found. The Bible says that he went and that he sold all that he had. And purchased the whole field.
you'll find out that Jesus had an encounter with the young man. And that, I'm going to show you the contrast to what Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like to this young man. He comes to Jesus and he wants to know, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus tells him, he said, well, you know, keep the commandments. Young man said, listen, I've done all of these things for my youth. The Bible says that Jesus looked at him. Jesus loved him. The Bible says that Jesus told him one thing, thou lackest. He said, go and sell all you have. Give to the poor. He said, come, take up your cross, follow me, and you will have treasures in heaven. The Bible says that this young man, after he heard these words, that because he had so much of earthly goods, the Bible says he walked away sorrowful of what he heard. And in him walking away, can I tell you something? Walking away and being sorry about it ain't ain't good enough. That don't do nothing, amen. You're still walking away, amen, from eternal life, amen. You can feel sorry about it a lot, amen. And in some people's cases, they don't feel sorry enough to repent, amen, and turn around, amen. So it does no good. But he went on about his business, amen. He didn't want eternal life that much, amen. He wasn't willing, amen, to push the chips all the way into the middle of the table and say, I'm all in, amen. Can I tell you something? You're either all in or not, amen. But this morning, I want to have a made-up mind that I'm all in, amen. I've pushed the chips into the middle of the table, and I've come to find out that there is no other option. Jesus is my only option this morning. Now, somebody will say, that's crazy, because you should have something to fall back on. What I've come to find out uh, that with Jesus and, and when Jesus is his option, your option, you ain't got to worry about falling. You ain't got to worry about, amen, uh, not having. Jesus is going to take care of it all. Oh, the devil is trying to stop me this morning, but I got a made up mind. I'm going to preach it this morning. Somebody got to have a made up mind. Whatever it takes, I want eternal life. Whatever it takes, I'm going to make heaven. There ain't no devil in hell that is going to stop me. I'm buying the whole thing. I'm all in. says he, the man had found it, hide it, for joy there, goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. You'll find out that sometimes when it comes down to purchasing, now understand what it's talking about here because 
there are some things that I will have to give up in order to obtain this treasure. There are some things that I will have to walk away from. It calls for me to have to make a decision whether I value the things more than the treasure. You will find out that the scripture teaches of one, speaks of one, that he had all that you could possibly imagine. He had all of the knowledge. He had all of the the book knowledge, amen. He knew the he knew the law up and down from side to side. He had it. No one was as well educated as he was. He sat at the feet of some of the best teachers. He was profound, amen. But there was one thing that he was lacking. He didn't have the God that he thought he was serving. He wasn't serving the God. Matter of fact, he was fighting against the God that he thought he was serving. Amen. That he thought that he was doing God's will. Do you know that it's possible to think that you're in the will of God and you're actually fighting against God? You're actually hindering the things of God. You're actually stopping God's work from moving forward and can possibly think that I'm in the will of God. I know God. And God is shaking his head saying, no, you don't. This man, I'm going to talk about what happens when you find Jesus. When you really find Jesus. When you really find, see, because Jesus, amen, this kingdom, amen, well, th- that is likened to the treasure hid in the field, amen. Yeah, there is peace, amen. There is joy that is unspeakable. What we also find is a walk in a relationship with the Almighty God. I'm talking about where you know him and he knows you. Amen. He knows you by name. Amen. He calls you one of his own. And the Bible says that he is on his way getting ready to throw more Christians. Amen. Into prison. On the road of Damascus, amen, he has an encounter, amen, with the almighty God, amen. And the sun was so bright, amen, it knocked him off of whatever it was that he was riding. And the Bible says that he lifted up, amen, his head and said, the question was asked, amen, Paul, Saul, or rather, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And this man that was supposed to be so well educated, amen, in the law, lifted up his his head and said, who art thou, Lord? Can you imagine the shock, amen, that came across him, amen, as he realized that the God that he thought he was serving, amen, was the very God that he was fighting against. When the word came back, I am Jesus, amen, it is hard for you to kick against the pricks. Can I tell you this morning, his name is Jesus. Can I tell you this morning, he is the home against him. I want to be fighting with him. I want to be on his side. I want to be wherever he is. You can be seated. 
And he said, Lord, you'll, you'll notice there was a change of tone, amen? You know, God has a way of changing our tone. He has a way of humbling us a little bit. He said, Lord, what would you have for me to do? Not what I was planning on doing. Not on what I wanted to do. But Lord, what would you have for me to do? He said, I'll tell you what you must do. He gave him instructions. But that's not what I want to focus on. I want to focus on later on. He became one of the greatest apostles. The Bible says in the book of, in the book of Philippians, if I'm not mistaken, the Bible says that he began to start listing his pedigree and all the things that he had obtained, what tribe he was from, all of these things. And he said that I counted it all nothing but dog. I counted it all loss. I gave all of that stuff up that I might obtain Christ. He talked about getting a hold of the very thing that had got a hold of him. Can I tell you something? It has to be like that where I have a made up mind that there is nothing more important, amen, than me obtaining Christ. Amen. There is nothing more important than me obtaining this great salvation. That doesn't mean that Jesus will require for me to live in this life with nothing. How many know that Jesus knows how to take care of your needs? Amen. Jesus knows how to supply your every need. He knows how to open the doors that needs to be opened and he knows how to close the doors that need to be closed. But I'm telling you that as long as Jesus is in control. I don't have to want. David said it like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, as long as God is leading me, as long as God is guiding me, I will not lack anything. So because I know that, I can be all in and say, you know what? That God, I can give him my everything. That God, I can have a made up mind that what he is giving and what he is offering is a whole lot better than what I'm chasing. You hear that? What Jesus is offering is a whole lot better than what I'm chasing. Yes, he's better than that big head boy that you can't get your eyes off of. Yes, he's better than that woman in that short mini skirt that ain't nothing but a distraction. Jesus is better than all of that. And I got a made up mind. I want him. I want the treasure that's in the field. And whatever I got to give up, whatever I got to walk away from, it's worth it. It's worth it. I'm talking about things that will distract people and keep people from recognizing the treasure that is here. In living for God, in serving God with all of your heart, There is such a treasure that is found that is greater than rubies. That is greater than gold. Fourteen 
24, whatever, I don't know. It's greater than all of that. You'll find out that people spend their life and spend their, their all of their days trying to stop pile as much as they can. Stuff that will perish. And that when it's all said and done, will burn. But the, the writer in the book of Proverbs, listen, he talked about riches that are durable, that will not pass, that will not fade. Listen, that ain't going to turn your neck green, amen? He ain't talking about no imitation stuff, amen? He ain't talking about stuff that's going to rust, amen? He's talking about Durable riches, amen. And that's not physical riches, amen. That is pertaining to spiritual riches, amen. Can I tell you what Jesus said? He said, lay up in the heaven, amen, treasures, amen, that the thief can't get to, amen, that the moth can't get to, amen, that the rust won't destroy. Can I tell you that every time I lift up my hands, I'm just depositing into that spiritual bank account every day that I have a made up mind that I will pray I'm just depositing into that spiritual bank account and can I tell you there's going to be a payoff amen there's going to be a payday Jesus is on his way back and he will reward us for our faithfulness treasure You recognize that Jesus is where it's at. You drop your nets. When you recognize that Jesus is where it is, you get up from that tax collector, tax collector table and you follow him. When you realize that Jesus is where it's at, you depart from the family business. When you realize that Jesus is where it's at, I depart from a lifestyle of sin and riotous living. As I recognize that there is something here that is a whole lot greater. See, those things only cause me to have joy or what I thought to be joy for a little while. It's temporary. It's, 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 the truth is, there is pleasure in the world. And sin. There's pleasure. But it's only for a season. And for so many people, that season comes to an end when they get a disease. For so many, that season comes to an end when now they've been stricken with lung cancer. For so many, that season comes to an end when the one that said, I love you and I'll always be here for you, get up and walk away. And now you got to fend for yourself. And it's always after they done got what they wanted, right? Always. But let me tell you about one that will never leave you and that will never forsake you. Let me tell you about one that is not out to subtract from you but add to you. Let me talk to one about that is not about hurting you, but he only wants to love. Hey, he only wants to help us to see what real love is. When you have an encounter with Jesus, 
you are able to identify the, the, the counterfeit. You are able to identify that ain't real love. That ain't real love. You ever ran into a con artist? Slick back hair? Every word that is coming out of his, out of their mouths, it just don't sit right with you. As you recognize, there's some catch. There, there's a catch somewhere. Somewhere. And they even try to, they even try to push themselves off on you too, right? Try to force their way in, amen? Try to force you into something, amen? And you know, they just trying to trap you. Trying to snare you. Can I tell you? Jesus is not about that. He's a gentleman, amen? He ain't going to force nothing on you, amen? He's a gentleman. All he's going to tell you is that I can love you better than anybody else can, and he'll leave it there for you to think about it, amen? And hopefully you'll come to your senses sooner or later, amen, and recognize that I'm better off with Jesus than anybody else, amen. I'm better off having a made-up mind that I'm going to get in the kingdom of heaven and whatever it takes, amen, whatever I got to do, I want to make my place there. I want my name written in the Lamb's book of life. I don't know about anybody else, but I want my name written in heaven, amen. I want him to know me, amen, when I stand before him. I want him to see his name upon me. Be seated. When we realize, when a person realizes that it's all about Jesus, that Jesus, the Holy Ghost, all of those fruits of the Spirit, amen, I'm going to tell you there ain't nothing like it. There ain't nothing like going through hard times and difficult times where regular people or normal people would have lost their minds. And it ain't that, it doesn't affect you, amen. But it doesn't affect you to the point where it drives you out of your mind. As you recognize there's a God. There's a God that helps you to hold and keep it together. That in situations where people have no hope, we recognize, amen, that as long as we're in the hand of the master, there is always hope. Always hope. There is always an expectation when it's concerning Jesus. A place in a time of violence, in a time of uncertainties, where people's hearts are failing them, And people are on every side doing their best to try to guard themselves by their own means and by their own strength. Can I tell you something? In this time, I've come to find a secret place, amen, that I can run into, amen. I know what the writer means when he said that that the name of the Lord, amen, it is a strong tower, amen, and the righteous run into it, and they are safe. Can I tell you, there's a safe place, amen, for the child of God to run into, amen, as you recognize that Jesus is my shelter from the storm. Jesus is the pavilion that I can hide under. Jesus is my shelter. He is my refuge. He is my stronghold in the time of trouble. Let us stand this morning.
is a treasure. Listen, that people are trampling all over it. That they are walking all over it. Ain't nothing going on at that church down there. That's just that person's opinion. That's just how they see it. People do their best, just trample all over it. Not understanding it. You grab a hold of it. You will find out that this thing is greater than anything else. That there is some worth to this. That there is a great value to this. To knowing the living God. And to having a relationship with him. And having a made up mind that whatever it is he's given out, I want it. Can I tell you what the greatest treasure that Jesus is handing out? That he's giving it out for free, I tell you. There's nothing better than the Holy Ghost. Nothing better than the Holy Ghost. How is the Holy Ghost a treasure, Brother Lewis? Because Paul said it like this. He said, we got this treasure in earthen vessels. This treasure that he's talking about is the spirit of the almighty God. It's the Holy Ghost. And we got it in this earthen vessel, amen. This body of clay, amen. God has filled us with his spirit. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost that makes me walk right, that makes me talk right, that makes me have the right thoughts, that makes me do the right thing. The Holy Ghost, amen, that will never lead me down the wrong path, but it always leads me in the truth. I'm talking about the spirit of God that is a treasure that so many reject, that so many resist, that so many say, I don't need that. So many say, that was just for them back then. And they use it as an excuse not to come and allow God to fill them with the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about power that comes with that. Power to put the devil where he belongs. I'm talking about power over those thoughts, amen. There are thoughts that torment people, amen, that people can't get past. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost will help me to get past it. Holy Ghost will help me to get rid of those suicidal thoughts, amen. That ain't nothing but the devil, amen, trying to snuff me out, amen. But the Holy Ghost knows how to silence the voice of the enemy. Treasure. Treasure. People just trample all over. Do you know that you don't find treasure? You don't find jewels. You don't find diamonds. You don't find things. You don't find them just laying all out in the street. But you got to dig for it. You got to search for it. You got to look for it. And you'll find out that it is in some of the places that you wouldn't expect. Let me talk about the tabernacle a little bit. Did you know that that tabernacle from the outside wasn't much to it? Goat skins, badger skins. Can you imagine coming up to that thing? What is this? 
you'll find out that so many times people look at the outside and it keeps them from going inside. Because if you would have went inside of that thing, on the outside, yeah, animal skin, that don't smell too good, that don't look too good. But just go on in and you would have found pieces of furniture, you would have found a table of shewbread, 12 loaves that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. But that table was made out of pure gold. That altar of incense, where they burnt that incense, and it went up to God, and God received it in his nostrils as a sweet savor, was made out of pure gold. That golden, the golden candlestick, pure gold. You would have went behind that veil that only the high priest, amen, could go behind once a year to offer blood for the atonement, amen, of his sins and the sins of the people. You would have found an ark of the covenant that represented the presence of the Lord, that when that high priest came back there, It made an atonement for his sins and the sins of the people. That glory cloud, what we refer to as the Shekinah glory of God, would come down and that high priest would experience the power of the Almighty God. And that ark of the covenant was made out of pure gold. What are you saying? What I'm saying is, you got to have a made up mind that I won't let how it looks to the natural eye. I won't let, I won't go and make my decisions off of how it looks, amen. But you know what? I'm going to search this thing out and I'm going to find out myself, amen. I'm not going to go off of what people in the community and the surrounding areas are saying, amen. If you're talking that much about that place, something's going on there, amen. Because there is a devil, amen, that is doing his best to try to keep me from going. Something is happening. There is something there that you don't want me to find out. And oh my, when you find out what it is, when you feel the Holy Ghost, amen, when you experience the encounter with an almighty God. See, what we're doing when we come into the house of the Lord, that's why it's important that we sing with all of our hearts and all of our minds. And that we play, amen, with all of our hearts and all of our minds. And that we lift up our hands and lift up our voices and we call on the name of the Lord with all of our hearts and with all of our minds. Because what we're trying to do, we want that same experience that that high priest had. The Bible says that he was the one Anybody want to experience with God? Anybody want to feel God? I'm going to tell you something. There ain't nothing like feeling God. When you're really praying, you're really seeking his face. And that power, that holy unction from above come, up, come upon you, there ain't nothing that can compare to that. So when we come in and we're worshiping and we're praying and we're lifting up our hands and we're lifting up our voice, 
We want him to come down in this place. And when you experience that, you'll recognize there's something special here. That I've gone to other places. I haven't felt this. That I've gone to other places. And I haven't experienced God on this level. You'll have a made up mind. I want more of that. I want to feel that again. I want to hear those words again. There's something about the words of Jesus, amen, that leaves people amazed. And they, uh, all they can say is, never have we heard a man speak like this. Something about his words did something to me. It stirred me on the inside. It made me want to come to an altar and lift up my hands and just com- and confess my deeds and, and get right with God. That's a God that is reaching for you. That is a God that is searching. That is a God that is reaching and pulling you in to where he is. There's a treasure, amen, in the kingdom of God. Anybody in the house this morning that has a made-up mind, I've ignored it far too long. I've trampled over it. I've walked past it far too long. Anybody got a made-up mind that I'm going to come this morning and whatever it is that I have to do if I gotta come with hands lifted and voice raised and repent of my sins so be it if I gotta go down in the name of Jesus so be it if I gotta come and allow God to fill me with the Holy Ghost so be it whatever it is I want what God is offering I want that treasure I've heard about it so long I've heard about a God that can turn my life around God knows I need him to turn it around. God knows I'm tired of the chaos. I'm tired of the confusion. I'm tired of the dysfunction. I'm tired of doing the same old, same old, day after day. And it's leading me nowhere except down a dead-end road. I invite somebody to come down this morning with your hands lifted, with your voice raised, that can come and say, oh, there's something here. There is something here. I feel it. There is something here. I felt it during the preach word. I felt a God reaching for me. I felt God looking and I felt God showing me that it is who he that I need. Come on, somebody, lift up your hands. Come on, somebody, lift up your voice. Come on, somebody, call on him. Somebody have a made up mind. I want it. I want it. Whatever it takes. I want Jesus. I want the Holy Ghost. I want that peace that you say I can have, preacher. Come on, ma'am. If that's you, come on down with your hands lifted. Come on down with your voice raised. I want that power that you say I can have. Come on, sir. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. And call on the name of Jesus. Why would-